0: Okay, people, it's that time of the week again. Are you ready for a new episode of Echo Chamber? We're coming right at you, and as we do, we will be taking a look at the UK box office top ten the for I've the weekend for. of the 30th the to second over. I okay. Go, um at really number 10 is "Had the Lost Explorer this and the Curse of the Mummy. This is from director Enrique Gatto, uh, written by Manuel Birk, Joseph Gatto with Neil Landau doing the English translation number nine dc really league of Super Pets. this is from jared really stern and Sam beam stern com writes with john really and we've got a voice card to to of dwayne to johnson, to johnson to kevin hart to vanessa bai natasha leon diego luna john kransky mark Marin, kate mckinnon Keanu reeves Dasha Carlanco, Benchworks, Jamelia Jamil, Thomas Middlebitch, and David Cresswell. And number seven, it is Meet Price Group. So we got Carl Bowler, Brad Abelson, and Jonathan DeMau with the screenplay from Steve Corral, Harry Cofin, Alan Arkin, Tarjip Henson, Michelle Yu Julie Andrews, Russell Grant, John-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Logan, Danny Trey, Lucy Lawless, Jimmy Oyang, RZA, Will Arnett, Steve Coogan, killing it on the voices which means people our number seven film this week is see how they run and this is from tom george written by mark chappell sam rockwell saris ronan harris dickinson adrian brody ruth williams david aloye Sean Clifford, Shirley Henderson, all you know, do their thing in this one. So that means people, our number six film is The Return of James Cameron's Avatar. Sam Worthington, Segourney Weaver, Michelle Rodriguez, Zoe Salander. Gina Barney Joe Moore, CCH Pounder, Stephen Lang, yeah, who do their thing. So now we are entering the top five. And our number five this week. Um there's not really any information, it's Colin Selvan One. It's probably a Bollywood flick But that's all I can tell you people Um, So our number four film Is from Anthony Fabian It is Mrs. Harris Goes to Harris Written by Carol Hartwright and Fabian And it's based on a book from Paul So, mm, there we go. Um, It's starring Leslie Manville, Isabel Huppert, Lambert Wilson, Albert Bagesta, Lucas Bravo, Ellen Thomas, Rose Williams, Jason Isaacs, and more. right. Our number three flick is... uh, Ollie Parker's new joint, which he co wrote with Daniel Papisky. It is Ticket to Paradise. It's starring Caitlin Diva, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Billy Lude, Lucas Bravo, Maxim Butler, Vanessa Everett, and a host of other talented individuals. So, number two, it is Don't Worry, Darling. Olivia Wilde's new joint, written by Katie Silverman, Cassie, and really Shane Van Dyke. Starring out. Oliver Wilde, Florence Pugh, Chris Pine, Harry Styles, Kate burton out. Gemma Chan, Nick Troll, Timothy Simmons, out. sydney Chandler. Douglas Smith, Kiki Lane, trust love Dita one. Von Tees, Asset, Ali, Ariel Satchel, it's and it's more. So, our number one time. film so this week, control, boy, I think it's don't a horror. It's Parker Finn's new That's joint. Okay. She directed me. and wrote don't it, it is don't Smile. Don't really and it is starring Susie Bacon, Jesse T. Usher, Kyle Garner, Carl Penn, Patton Stassi, Judy Reyes, Rob Morgan, Gillian Zinzer Kevin Keppy Doris Dora Kiss, and um, yeah, a lot of other people. So that's our top ten people we have got. Three films this week. Three films. So uh, let us get into it, shall we? Okay people, first up this week is a new shudder joint. It is a Raven's hollow. So there's a lot of stuff that we get, right, that is based on history. You know what I mean? Like following a figure that everyone knows, but this is an untold tale in their uh, lexicon. Or whatever the word is, which should go there. You you work that out. But uh, yeah, we get that a lot. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't, right? So I was intrigued to check out Raven's Hollow, you know? Um, Yeah, this is, I think, you know, Raven's Hollow, right? It, it gives you that Edgar Allan Poe in the name, you know, and that's what is following Edgar Allan Poe. And I didn't know this, right? But he originally At the beginning, before he went into writing and, you know, that all craziness, he was a cadet at West Point, you know, but he did get discharged. Now, supposedly, all of this is, you know, like, not very well explained, you know, there's not much information about what actually happened, why he was discharged. It's all cloaked in mystery. So that's what our, our team involved in this have tried to do, tell that story. So it's directed by Christopher Hatton, who co-wrote with Chuck Reeves. Um, it is produced by uh, Caroline Stern, Todd uh, Lundholm. Uh, Andreas Ekis, it's executive produced by Mark Andrews, Stephanie Denton, Patrick Fisher, Morgan Tovey-Frost, associate producers, um, also executive producing is Emily Gotto, Alexander Hilton, Richard Condal, and uh, Christina Lundholm. Um, And Janice Kaligis is the service producer. Never heard of a service producer, but yeah, there you go. So Robert Ellis Geiger handles the music. Michael Rizzi, cinematography is edited by Danny Rafik and Yaron Rudder. Sandris Judzem, is production design. Uh, hair and makeup is Victoria Berzica, Um Alga Besta, Raj, Raj Bozicka, Eva Serbre, and Zane Zelenska. Whew, some mouthfuls here. And our cast, well, Mr. Poe is played by William Mosley. Will Taylor is played by Callum Woodhouse. Daniel Clay is Callum McGowan. Lawrence Bishop is Kyle Rowe. Thomas Crick is Michael Guest. Um, We've then got Charlotte Ingram. Played by Melanie Zenetti. Elizabeth Ingram is played by Kate Dickey. Usher is played by Oberon K.A. Ajapong. We got Lutz Becker, played by Matthias Landwehr. Dr. Garrett is David Heyman. Old Clay is Juris Strenger. Mary Keane is Eliza Calavania. Reverend Keane is Tom's Trennis. So a young Daniel Clay is played by Nichols Um Yeah, I butchered that one. A young Charlotte is played by magia maria marcus um yeah that's how cast and the gist of the piece is autumn 1830 west point military cadet edgar Allan poe and four other cadets on a training exercise in upstate new york come upon a man eviscerated on a bizarre wooden rack. His dying words direct them to a forgotten community, which they believe is guarding sinister secrets. Enthralled by the innkeeper's beautiful and mysterious daughter Charlotte and fueled by the town residents' refusal to speak to the murderer, Poe determines to uncover the truth. Risking his life and more, Poe ultimately comes face to face with the terror that will haunt him forever. So, yes, I mean, that's a big thing. So we we, we start off and the right, you know, these cadets are riding. And yeah, there's just this man kind of crucified on this wooden rack and his guts are out and all of that. But he's still alive. I think he's dead, he's still alive, and he, um, yeah, says Raven's Hollow, right? So they're like, hmm, let's go check it. Well, Poe is like, let's go check it. You know, the others are a bit more hesitant, but um, yeah, he, there's no actual leader to get, but he kind of takes charge and they go to town. And it's one of those crazy things, right, where people don't want to talk. And they want people to go away, right? So you would think the best way to do it is say a few things, right? And leave people's mistrust and then leave you alone. But if you just act like nothing, you know what I mean? Refuse to talk, then people are going to be mad suspicious. And that's what happens. So Poe these peoples stay over, right? They figure they stay the night, see what might come about. Um, and obviously that's when it all kicks off, when it all kicks off and, uh, yeah, trouble hits the cadets in a big way. So this is very atmospheric, you know, it's very atmospheric, right? You do... You know, use good filters, you get the feel of this sinister thing, right, that's taken over this town. You definitely feel that, right? Um, Good use of lighting, nice cinematography. I think one thing that did bug me a little, right, is one of my, you know, things, but it's just like the clothes, man. Like, you're riding through all of this terrain and all your clothes are perfect, right? There's no dirt or wear on them, which is all a bit like, eh, I kind of feel after all of this, shit's going to get a little musty, you know what I mean? Like, you you stay over, no one's growing stubble or anything like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? I have to shave every few days, you know what I mean? So I have no clue how these people... You know I mean? There's a few people that, right, don't have a lot of uh, facial hair, but, you know, you'd imagine at least one of those cadets is going to be, like, starting getting a little bristly. Never see it, right? No one ever sweats in these things. It's all a bit odd. Perfect teeth, when we know back in, you know, 1830, ah, yeah, teeth, mm, not so great, right? Not so great. But you know, I think those kind of things are a little minor. You know what I mean? They don't, they get, you know, something can still be very enjoyable, even if, you know, there's these little missteps and all of that. The story, I yeah, like it did lean real heavy into like the, the Poe uh law, as it were you know, which I kind of get, but it's one of those things, you know, when you, oftentimes when there's a book series or something and they do a prequel, right, oh, this is what happened before the first book, but you know where it's going to end, right, you know how it's going to end, because obviously there's book one, yeah, and I think that's Kind of what happens, like, we know Poe will live because this is Poe's early days, right? So we know that. But then I think they try and kind of squeeze in, oh, so this is why he wrote The Raven. This is why he was so morose and, you know what I mean, like, all of that. You know, they try and kind of squeeze all of that in and be like, oh, that's why Poe is why he is. Because of all, all what happened in this period of time. Which, I mean, I guess it could work. But I don't know. It, it they, they felt like there was a hollowness here. Right? There's definitely some good elements, for sure. You know, definitely felt very sinister. But they felt like there was a lack of something. You know, especially when we get to, like... As I say, there was a a reveal in it, which, yeah, that was pretty creepy, but I might have missed something, but I, like, this the connections and all of that, I didn't really feel were overly explained, right? Just there was this connection, and it's just like, okay, but how did that happen? Right? How did that happen? Like, and how can you break it? You know, it wasn't, that wasn't, didn't seem to be a consideration. You know, which again seemed a little odd. Seeing what Poe had said, right? So yeah, that, it felt a bit anticlimactic, you know? But I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah as I said, look, there's a few films like this try and tell these untold tales that try and give you well this is why this person was like this so i kind of think that if you enjoy those stories right then ravens hollow yeah that's gonna work for you you're gonna be fully in you know because i think other than those bits and bobs it does um it does a decent job, you know, we get some good performances, you know, but yeah, some that don't, like, when there's a, you know, the alcohol, I feel it must be alcohol laced with something, right, but we don't understand why someone else would drink that, you know what I mean? Which then seemed to cause a whole heap of other things. But it's just like. Why would you. Like. It wasn't very clear why that would be. The thing. Right. You maybe get drunk. But why that. Why the hallucinogenic. Right. That. It's all a little peculiar. There was just these threads that didn't necessarily. Come together. For me anyway. But yeah you know if you if you enjoy these types of stories you know there was um uh there was one about mary shelley on Shudder, and i cannot forget the name of it maybe it was the lake or something mm. um I th- yeah anyway, if you enjoy these type of tales right these kind of historical historical fiction know where where people take artistic license that's your kind of bag then maybe ravens hollow is for you people but it is now on shutter so uh yeah go check it out if it sounds like your thing next people we finally get round to um looking at something that dropped during lockdown it is a Bill and Ted Free. a.k.a. Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yo, so, you know people, listen, there was a lot of films I wasn't able to see during lockdown, you know, one of those was Bill and Ted Face the Music. Now, I was sceptical at the time. I will not lie. I was sceptical. But I hoped, I hoped this would be good. Like, for years, we'd heard talk about a third film. You know what I mean? It was one of those things that was always rumbling, but nothing ever happened. But I feel that even, you know, like, because what, the last film, August Journey, that came out in 91. You know what I mean? And you kind of felt that was it, right? We don't need another one. You know what I mean? It felt like, yo, everything was tight. You know I mean? The story was cool. But... Yeah. Then came word that they were actually filming this film, right, in 2019. And so we're like, okay. All right, let's see what happens. Karen, let's hope. Let's hope. Right. So this new one is directed by Dean Parasot. And it's actually written by Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon which, you know, I think that gives you a, a, you know, a like, okay, because they wrote Excellent Avenger and Bogus Journey, you know what I mean, so those two films, great, those two films were great, and like, the fact that Bogus Journey wasn't, you know, Highlander 3, or even Highlander 2, you know what I mean, wasn't that, so you're just like, okay, so yo, they were able to, you know, do a sequel to Excellent Journey that worked and was still so much fun. So you were just like, all right, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. So, you know, Face and music popped up on prime the other day. And I was like, yo, okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Now. I kind of feel when a film has as many producers as this one, that's when it might become a little problematic, right? So the film is produced by David Herring, Scott Kroof, Alex Lebovicki, uh, Steve Ponce, Ed Solomon, Alex Winter, you know, it is executive produced by Stephen Soderbergh, John Santilli, William Sadler, John Ryan Jr., uh, Christian Mercury, Grant Guffrey Scott Fischer Patrick W. Duggan Courtney Chen and Ray Berdu it is co-executive produced by Scott H. Cohen uh, Brent Gutman, Waylon Lynn, Jacqueline Mahan, Bella Pace, R. Scott Reed, Marcus L. Rogers, and Stephanie Weir. It is co produced by Ashley Waldron. um and Elliot Grange and it is associate produced by David Hillary do, 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 do. and Michael J orang and line produced by Jeanette Voltuno which It's a lot of fucking people, right? It's a lot of fucking people involved. Now, look, a lot of times, that's just name, right? It's a way of giving people extra credits and all of that. So you wonder, right? You wonder, but it's a lot of people involved. Music is Mark Ishram. Cinematography is Shelley Johnson. Um, Don Zinneman edits the film. Casting was Nicole A. Ballera, Janine McCarthy and Leslie Wu. Production design is Melanie Jones. Art direction is Zach Faust. Um, Selina von Denk-Brink is set decoration. Costume design is Jennifer Starak. Um okay, the cast. Well, people, we have got Kiana Reeves, Ted, Alex Winter, as Bill, they're back. We then have got their kids. Um yeah. So there's Billy, played by Bridget Lundy Payne. Right. And uh, Fear, played by Samara Weaving. Um, there's Kelly, played by Kirsten Schuhl. We've um, got Death, William Sadler. got Dennis Caleb McCoy, played by Anthony Carrigan. Elizabeth, played by Erin Haynes. Joanna, played by Jamin J. Ma Mays. So yeah, I think the wives are played by different people. I think, right? Um, Ted's dad, Chief Logan, is played by Hal Landon Jr. We've got Deacon. Um, his brother, played by Beck Bennett. Missy is played by Amy Stooch. Uh, the great leader is played by Holland Taylor. Um, Dave Grohl pops up. We've got Jimi Hendrix played by Dasman Mansteel. Louis Armstrong played by Jeremiah Craft. Ling Lun played by Sharon G. Grom played by Patty Annie Miller. There's a hologram of great George Carlin Rufus. Right. Um Rufus is actually voiced by Peter And... There's a, yeah, there's Jesus played by Jared Bankins. Cleet um, is played by Mickey Gooch Jr. Um, yeah, oh, Jared Bankins also plays a young version of Ted. A young person of Bill is played by Bill, Billy Slaughter. Babe Ruth is played by Reese Luslut, George Washington, William E. Harris, Queen Elizabeth, Kimberly Stockton, uh, Cleopatra is played by Bridget Nicole Andrews, Buddha, Artis Bernie, Harriet Tubman is played by Georgia Coran. And Who else do we have? Josephine Baker is played by Charisma Morris. Gandhi is played by Ned Yusuf And Kubla Khan is from Tommy Wong. Amelia Urquhart, Linda Ayaf. Frida is played by Diana Burns. And. And Kid Cuddy. <laughs> Kid Cuddy crops up in it. And it actually plays a big part of the piece, right? Which is interesting. Mozart is played by Daniel Dawr. Um, hmm, I think. I think that's it. Right, I think they're the the main, our main players. You know, they're our main players. Now the gist of the story is this. Once told they'd saved the universe during a time traveling adventure, two would be rockers from San Dinas, California, Bill and Ted find themselves as middle-aged dads still trying to crank out a hit song and fulfilling their destiny. Right, so yeah, that's it, which is kind of fine, but it was still a thread of the second film, you know what I mean, trying to work out this song, and and I think it was just like, to to have them in this place where they're just so nowhere near, and so much time has gone on, Is a little, it feels a little bit baffling and a little bit contrived, you know, it's kind of odd. So we're, we're watching this thing, trying to go, okay, so where are we, where are we taking the story? And the daughters, who they, you know, the daughters have got their names, but they, they call little Bill, little Ted, which is just a bit like, Okay, but obviously, right, so Bill and his wife have little Ted, Ted and his wife have little Bill, you know, which is just a bit like, okay, all right, we're doing it like that, fine, let's, all right, we'll skirt past that, and let's get into the gist. Now, the, basically the story is the first film, you know, I mean, that's kind of it. Now there's a, a few changes where it's the daughters that are going collecting people from time. But yeah, it's just kind of following that bit. Now they throw in stuff from the second film, going to hell and all of that kind of stuff. It's all a little bit... i hate to say it, but it's all a little Highlander-free, people. You know what I mean? It looks like they're trying to take the best parts of the first two films and go, okay, how can we, you know, that works so well, let's, you know, put lightning back in the bottle and give you this third film. That's what it felt like. Because it's just reusing old gags and plot threads. But they just don't carry that same oomph. Right? We've got these characters who were funny and, and kind of charming, right? Playing the, these guys, these kind of, you know, dullards. but lovable. Who were just trying to figure stuff out. But the problem is, they're exactly the same, right? They, we've got them exactly the same, there's no evolution, and listen, pe- like, there's people, obviously, who aren't maybe the sharpest tack in the box, but it's not to say that they're just straight dumb, it's just like, look, people don't understand the uh, maths and algebra, right, people, you know, some people find it hard to kind of get their heads around um, friggin Dickens, right, and Shakespeare, you know, but they're not stupid, you can have normal conversations with those people, right, they even talk about all other things, and it's fine, there's just certain things, you'd be like, ah, it's not my thing, you know, but The way these characters, like, they just don't get anything. And you're just like, I don't think they would get through to that point of life. Right? If you just couldn't work out anything at all, I'm surprised they understood how to make their wives pregnant. You know, it's it's that shit. You feel me? So it's just like, why, why play them like that? It it just feels kind of lazy, right? It's it's like oh yeah, let's have them dumb, right? So yeah, we can have a bit where they don't understand this, or you know their wives are asking them things and they just can't comprehend, and it's just like I just don't buy it, right? I don't buy it, and then you have the daughters exactly the same, right? The daughters are exactly the same as the dads. And it's just like, no. (laughs) Like, no. Because, the you know, the genes, it's not all from the dads. It's from the mum, right? So there will be different personalities, right? It's it's not going to be exactly. Like, oh, just making them exactly like the dads was just like, Again, lazy. Because you're not giving them their own personalities. You're not going. Okay, let's let's make it interesting. Let's make it complex. Let's have this. Problem. You know, that's what you're doing. And you're just like, what are we doing here, right? We we have these new characters that from time that they've thrown in, and I got Louis Armstrong. I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know what the fuck. Like you basically just have to tell this guy to like have a stupid grin he's, he's, have a stupid grin on his face all the time. And then talk like oh mammy-ish. And then just like, oh, oh, I just felt like super just off key. You know what I mean? Just felt just off. And it's just like completely just no need for it. I, it, it was just very, very weird. And also, like, the selection of the artists, again, didn't really make any sense. Because it's not like they were like, okay, we want to do this sort of song. So, oh, we'll need a string set. We'll need this. we we'll need... No, they were just like, oh, like, uh, we'll grab this. but And you're just like, well, what are we doing here? Right? It was all... then the people in the future, the decisions, they were going, oh, so we got to do this again. Didn't make any sense to me, right? Didn't make any sense. I just, it it felt like it was all over the place. Felt like it was all over the place. There were these, I would say the, uh, the future stuff. Oh, even with my shitty eyesight, that looks so fake. It looks so green screen, it was insane. And yes, I understand what I just said there, people. The future looked fake. I understand that <laughs> this is fantasy, but when we, you know, can put certain things and the effects are so good, right? And th- th- you just feel like you're in this world, right? Or you'll feel like you're seeing people in a spaceship going through the stars and stuff like that. And you're like, yo, this, nah. This didn't feel like that or look like that at all. Yeah, not the best. Not the best, unfortunately. Because I loved those first two films. I wanted this to be great. It just, I don't know. I, for me, it didn't work, right? And Kid Cully? That felt so random. That felt so random. Now, listen, I think Cudi and other things, and he's great. I love his music, you feel me? Like, that's, that's the rap I love, man. But his inclusion in this, kind of scratching my head going, wait, why? right, and it just felt like no need for it, like this, because he comes in, um, in the second half of the film, right, maybe the last third, but definitely the second half, so the story was moving along, it was doing its thing, and so there was no need for that character, and they they go back to him and be like, kid, now give us some science, and blah, 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 but it's just, it all felt unnecessary. You know, it was very odd. It was very odd. You know what I mean? Like, it's not to say Cuddy's acting was bad, it was just it felt like an unnecessary thread to the story. But, yeah, like some of the acting in this was decent, some of it was just was going like, David Grohl just was felt mad random. Felt like, what are we doing here? What are we? And there was a lot that, that was just going all the way through. I'm watching going, what are we doing here? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Oh. It did feel like, right, this was the introduction of mm-hmm. the daughters to spin this series off into us following them. That's what this felt like. And I really don't want that. I I just think I don't think it would carry because we don't really get introduced to the daughters. That's the thing. You know what I mean? Like it's not like they've got these interesting personalities, and you'd be like, "Yo, I wonder what they would do in the future," or "Ah, oh, that would be fun to spin off and look at that." No, because you've made them these one-dimensional clones of Bill and Ted. So, yeah. I'm amused, people. Now, I'm sure, I am sure some people have watched this and thought it was great and laughed and chuckled and just enjoyed it, which is awesome. Just for me, For me, I'm just going to act like this does not exist, and Bill & Ted is just a two-series franchise. That's that's where I am at, but yo, hey, it's on Prime Video now for free, people, so yeah, go at it, and maybe you will enjoy it, maybe you'll enjoy it, unfortunately I did not. (laughs) And we're closing with a new Netflix joint, something that man, I was very interested about, but has completely surprised me. It's the new Kid Cuddy joint, it is intergalactic. Okay, so listen, I'm not people do what people do, you know what I mean. And sometimes you're going to gel with it. Sometimes you're not going to. But, you know, sometimes people might make a stinky. Right? Like, if you think David Harbour. Hellboy. I did not enjoy Hellboy. Right? But Black Widow, he was awesome as the... uh, See the Red Guardian? The Russian dude, right? He was awesome. Like, I felt he redeemed himself. Though, he don't have to redeem shit, you feel me? And Kid Cudi, right? Kid, Kid Cudi's music are incredible, right? Pursuit of Happiness is my joint, But in Bill and Ted, I don't know what the fuck that was. I don't know what that was. It's not to say the acting was bad. It was just like, it was a weird interjection into the story, right? And you're just like, wait, how is this fit? Right? So I'm like, huh. But we know kid can, you know, say kid, right? We know Scott can act, you feel me? And boy, intergalactic just just shows the talent of this motherfucker, right? As I said, look, we know the music is tight. We know he can act. We've seen him in plenty of other things. But just the creativity of this, it is something phenomenal. Fucking something phenomenal, right? So it is directed by Fletcher um, Cuddy and... Kenya Barris created the idea. Uh, He wrote it with Ian Edelman, Morris Williams, Issa Lewis, Sidney Shalif, and Judrick Mayard. I believe he wrote it officially with Edelman and other people, you know what I mean, in the process, getting on all of that. You know what I mean? Um, it is produced by Michael Penkeith, Mike Moon, executive produced by um, Barris Cuddy, Dennis Cummings, um, Edelman, Karina manshill Fletcher Mules and Morris Williams, line produced by Mike Reed and co produced by Essa Lewis. Okay, so music is Dr. Genius and Pine Pat, aka Patrick Reynolds. It is edited by Carol. Cravettes Akenan. Casting is Cameron Cuba. Production design is Robe Rupal. Art direction is Michael Sawafchik. Production management, Brett Alexander Nichols and Rachel Sorrow. Uh, visual storyboarding, all of that is Paul Caryll, Sandipan Chanda, Justin Hunt, Brooklyn Lee, Benjamin Plythe, and Shale Robinson. Um, and our cast, it's a sick cast, right? So we have got Jabari, who is voiced by... Himself, Scott Meskidi. Uh, we've got um, Carmen. She's voiced by Laura Harrier. Reed is Christopher Abbott. But um, she, who's voicing Meadow? Meadow now. Yeah, you because know, it's all really about Jabari and Meadow. Meadow is voiced by Jessica Williams. Um, okay, so we then have... Good... Karina, voiced by Vanessa Hodgins. Um, we've got Jimmy, voiced by Timothy Chalamet. Len, voiced by Arturo Castro. We've got Kai, voiced by Ty Dolla Sign. Um, Barris, he, he is the moderator voice. Um, Downtown Pat is Macaulay Culkin. That is an interesting little, you know, little bit of the story. Mr. Rager, um, Jabari's creation is voiced by Keith David. Um, There's an art critic, a voice by Ian Edelman. King of Hip-Hop is voiced by Kerwin Frost. Um, Montego Glover voices a waitress and a drunk girl. Huge Mover is voiced by Louis Guzman. Uh, Derek is voiced by Washington Kirk. Olag is voiced by Billy Lovely. Um, Ellie is voiced by Meisha Mercedes. Um got Sydney Sidine even voiced by Francesca Rizal. Um, Nadia is voiced by hmm 070 Shake. Uh, Jaden Smith voices Jordan. Uh, Dawn, one of Carmen's friends, is voiced by Thorne Stone. The boxing coach is Tiana Taylor. I, where I'm like, yo, sometimes you feel you recognize a voice, right? And you're like, yo, what's that voice? Yeah. So great. Incredible cast, you know? Now, the gist of the piece is this. Jabari is a charming streetwear clad artist on the cusp of real success. After a chance running with his cool new photographer neighbor, Meadow, Jabari has to figure out whether he can make space for love in his life. All right? So, yeah, this essentially is a love story, All right, And... When you say it's a love story, it's a story that, you know, looks at, like, the complexities of love. You know what I mean? Deals with the nuance of meeting people and these interactions, right? Which is always interesting. Now, there's so many things that do this or try to do this, should we say. And I think one of the big things is, right, there's times when these situations, they, they, like, it all feels contrived or very simplistic. Like, people don't talk like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's always, they meet and straight away the fucking, which, listen, no shame, right? That happens for sure, but not every fucking time. You know what I'm saying? Like, the way sometimes this stuff is, you know, put out there is like, this is the norm. This is what every single person does. And that becomes real weird. Becomes real weird. Right? Because you look at things and you're like, yo, life ain't that. Right? Well, my life ain't that. Am I doing shit wrong? What's going on? You know? So with this, we, we get a story that, it, it, there feels a realness to it, you know what I mean, for, like, through the conversations that I had, like, when Jabari meets up with Carmen at the very beginning, you know, there's, there's that kind of, flirtation, and that kind of thought of, oh, there could be, like, are they rekindling? What's going on? Are they trying to be friends? Like, you know what I mean? That all felt real. Now, what went on afterwards? That was a little shady. You know what I mean? But, again, shit happens. But then it's like those conversations with the friends and all of that. Yo, when you think, yeah, that's how friends be talking to each other. Right? So all of that, it just felt right. You know? The, the whole meadow interactions were great. Were great. And, and it was nice that we actually see them on long-ass dates. You know what I mean? Like, that was the foundation of it all. You know? So that was cool. So we have this story which is then brought to life with this animation that is so vibrant right there's an energy to this and it's great right just this animation style which manages to capture like the the realness of here. Right. Now, there's certain things that obviously, <laughs> I mean, like people ain't doing like doing shit like that. But like just the, the, the little things like the flick of the hair, just like the turn of the head, just these little movements felt so real. Right. It was so, so well crafted that yo, you're, you're just watching this thing. And you're really pulled into the story. You know what I mean? You're really pulled in. It feels like this actual reality that we're watching. And then the way that they like bring certain emotions to bear. Right? Like when Jabari first meets Meadow. Well, because we have them kind of in the vicinity of each other, but when they first actually are eye to eye, right, the way that time just slows down and just all of that is, yo, that was great, right? And just other situations that have been brought to life, like the happiness and just, the, you know what I mean? All of that is, oh, it was done so well. It's done so well. Now, we also then get in the midst of all of this, we get like the Mr. Rager stuff, which again feels so good. And there was that fun little interaction between um oh, fuck Karina and her boyfriend, husband, who for life me, I forget what Homie's name is. Ah uh, yeah. Africa I think it might be Jimmy right I think her boyfriend's Jimmy but anyway right that completely different art style but just worked perfectly you know what I mean worked perfectly so we have this story that just works on all of these levels all of these levels one thing I'm curious like some of the bike sunsets that we saw Now, there's some that I feel, okay, we're doing that because it's animation, right? But I'm curious if all of those things could be done in the real, you know? Now, I know a lot of them can, for sure, for sure, I've seen. But can all of that shit be done in the real? I don't even know. But, yeah, it was great. It was well um, animated, you know? it's well animated. This story just really works. It, it, you know, it's like the animated version of something like real love, the photograph, you know, Love Jones. It, it just felt like a modern rendition of that situation, right? That story of black love. And it's one of those things that we don't always see. You know, so it's just, it's always so refreshing to see this done and done so well, right? No stereotypical bullshit, right? It's just, yeah, done so well. So if you like, you know what I mean? If you like stories such as I said, you know, real love, the photograph, you know, love Jones, if you love shit like, and you know I always go back to it, the Before Trilogy, I think Intergalactic is going to speak to you people. I think it's going to speak to you. And as well as this great story, this this great animation, I got fucking, he got his music. You know what I mean? We got the music to a company, right, because this is essentially a companion piece to the new album. You know, they both dropped on the same day. You know, haven't had a chance to go through I feel away at the weekend, so I have had a chance to go through the album yet, but from everything that you hear in this, phew, I cannot friggin' wait. I cannot, because the the music worked perfectly, right? The the music worked perfectly with what we were seeing. And it's not, because you know, people, you know, I got a bugbear for that, you know, in your face, this is how you should be feeling, right? But when music is done well, it serves as a companion. It serves as a new character. You're a bit like the harder they fall. Remember that one from last year? How great was that as a Western? You know what I mean? Whew. And this again, it's a similar thing. The music just serves to elevate. It serves to elevate people. You know? So I highly recommend this. There's I remember hearing about this project. You know what I mean? Like, I think it was towards the end of last year. I think it was towards the end of last year. And I was curious, right? But I think they threw out, like, all of these things, these topics, like, themes. And you're just like, oh, is this going to be mad depressing? Like, how is this going to be? got to say this surpassed just anything I hoped for. It really did. So people Intergalactic is on Netflix right now. The album is on all your favourite streamers. I say, listen, I've watched the show, right? Can't recommend it enough. And from that, oh, I'm Hitting the album now. Trust me. Once I finishes, this, I'm hitting the album, people. So, yeah, definitely do your thing because, boy, if you love great storytelling, you know, ain't possessive. Like, look, there's those films. I say, if you like those films, you will like this for sure. But if you have not seen those films, right? If you're a fan of great storytelling, this is for you, people. This is. Is for you, Intergalactic. So, people, before we come to a close on today's episode, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. So, it's not a huge surprise because um they lost the director you know what i mean old um matt shackman he um yeah he's gone over to direct fantastic four at marvel so that means star trek four is off the schedule you know what i mean so it was scheduled for a December 2023 release but yeah you know no direct uh I don't know if the script's being done so I mean, you know I you kind of figured that uh, yeah. It means Star Trek it has to balance, right? If they now a director straight away, you're like, okay, maybe, but nah. But, you know, there's no need to rush these things, right, People. Now, Clerks Free is out in cinemas. If, um, you know you're still dubious really about going to the cinema right you don't have to worry because it's been announced that it will be hitting on december the sixth in 4k UHD disc um which will be is an exclusive to best buy but yeah, you know, i don't know what that means for the rest of the world but yeah you'll be able to get that um they're saying it's gonna have audio commentary two separate documentaries and a lot more special features, so, uh, uh, something to look forward to, just in time for Christmas. Somewhere. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Um, no, sorry, Robert Downey Senior. I did not know he was a senior. Interesting, right? Um. They say he's a maverick independent filmmaker. He's uh, putting together a documentary, right? Um, Well, it's being directed by Chris Smith. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is producing it. And Netflix have just uh, grabbed it, right? It says it's going to be exploring senior's life and work such as a putney swoop as well as themes including morality and healing generational dysfunction hmm. could be interesting because yeah i had no clue no clue there was a senior you know what i mean so yeah i'm intrigued now um now bit of the big news from this week right they, they've been talked about it happening right and they've been talked about the hope of certain people being in it and it looks like everything has come together because we are getting a Deadpool free, and Hugh Jackman will be starring in it Mm-hmm. So yes, a Wolverine is coming through the Marvel Universe. That who knows in what kind of guys, right? Because there have been talk of getting a younger Wolverine on the books. You know what I mean? Who knows, right? But what we do know, this film is set for the 6th of September 2024. Um, yeah. Which is interesting. It's being written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, who um, are working off a draft from Wendy Molyneux and Lizzie Molyneux uh sean levy is going to be directing it and he's directed both before you know reynolds and free guy jackman and real steel so um you know just seems like uh like a good fit that's gonna be an 18. um yeah this will be interesting very interesting so uh Fans of Deadpool, Jackman and Reynolds, happy times, right? Happy times. So, coming this December is Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Um, which feels like it's going to be a bit of an emotional ride, right? Because they're actually going to be dealing with the death of T'Challa. You know what I mean? So we're not getting that role recast, which is yeah, you know, it does seem fitting. You know what I mean? I think if the, if it was coming later, you could recast, but Chad, you know what I mean, he only died last year, man, which is still crazy, you know what I mean? But yeah, supposedly, right? This will be um This will be uh what the second longest Marvel film. Right? The longest was Avengers Endgame at 181 minutes and kind of forever. Dropped at 161. minutes. Filling to trust So that's more. trust someone. Just on the three hours, right? I feel, I feel that's right. Uh you know, uh, but that's saying great. I feel that's right though. <laughs> so interesting. I just hope it's fire like the first film, you know what I mean, um and this is interesting, because we know we were getting a Blade film, we know that's coming, but unfortunately, Bassam Tariq, who was scheduled to do it, has had to drop out. And, you know, it's meant to start filming in November, so who knows what's going to happen, if, you know, if things are going to get pushed back, or if, you know, they've got someone else lined up to take over, so, um yeah, we will have to see what happens with that, but, boy, I mean, it's scheduled for the 3rd of November, 2023, I'm excited, Blade is a great character, I mean, the first two Blade films, how great were they, you know what I mean, so, hey, hopefully this all comes together, but people, that is us for this week, enjoy your film watching, I definitely feel to watch an intergalactic, because I love that one so much, you know what I mean, but yeah. I mean that's us. Tell your friends. You mean go through, go check out the YouTube and we will see you next week. Alright. So um yeah, people. Peace. peace.